Hello and welcome back to episode two of Weed Wild and Woke. Uh, my name is Nina. Thank you so much for uh, hopefully returning from the first episode. And if not, welcome to the second episode if you just decided to skip the intro, which is totally fine. Um, I hope everyone is doing good. I hope uh, you had a good week. I hope you had a good weekend. I hope something wonderful happened to you recently. Um, it's been a bit of a roller coaster over here. Um, if you don't know, we usually start off the podcast by just checking in, talking a little bit about, you know, how my week went, um, doing a little bit of reflection. And uh, there's a lot of reflecting to be done today. <laughs> I've been I've been pretty busy. I've been staying fairly busy with everything that's going on right now in my life, which, you know, we'll talk about in a little bit more detail. Maybe at a later time, I'm just taking the space to kind of figure out my life right now. But what I can tell you is that uh, I'm working, you know, more than one job, a couple jobs, several jobs. Um, working on moving out currently. And everything is good. I'm just, I've just been staying busy. I've been streaming on Twitch. Um, I've been not getting nearly as much sleep as I should be, uh, but, uh, you know, that's just, that's just how it is sometimes. I'll sacrifice some sleep for, for the dream, for the goal, so it's been, it's been a roller coaster. I hope you've been doing well. I hope you take some time to check in with yourself and do some reflecting of your own, you know, maybe make it a habit to check in with yourself, you know, once a day at the start or end of your day. Um, it's always healthy to kind of have those moments where you, you know, check in with yourself as if, you know, you would check in on a, on a friend. Um, give yourself the kind of response that you would expect a, a good friend to give you. I know that sounds super silly, but you'd be surprised how many people need to be reminded to just check in with themselves um, in terms of how they're feeling, you know, actually using feeling words. Um, I know our society has a really bad habit of always kind of responding with, uh, how are you doing today? I'm fine. I'm great. I'm good. I'm doing all right. You know, those aren't, those aren't feeling words. I like to check in with myself and really explore all the feeling words that are offered. So, you know, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling, you know, physically I'm in pain or I'm feeling pained, you know, just trying to broaden my vocabulary of feeling words. And this is something that does not come naturally for me. So I'm getting in the habit of just trying to explore that and being better about verbalizing how I'm feeling, uh, even if it's just for myself. So uh, it's a good skill to practice if you don't. I highly recommend it, but yeah, uh, just lots of reflection today. A lot of things, you know, I haven't really had time to kind of step back and look at where I'm at and how I'm feeling about it. It's just been busy and working hard and trying to maintain all my responsibilities. And so it's nice to just take a moment to kind of give myself that tiny little bit of self-care that I can squeeze in in between, in between everything else. So, you know, just a little, a little tip. But I'm feeling 
not well rested today. I am actually feeling a little bit exhausted. However, I am also feeling accomplished. And uh, I guess another word would be proud. I feel proud today. I feel like all my hard work is is finally kind of manifesting or being funneled into uh, the things that that I wanted them to be funneled into for so long. Excuse me. On top of that, my parents decided to get a new kitten, so we now have two cats in the house and one dog, which has been exciting. Um, We went from, you know, not having fur babies or having one fur baby to suddenly having three. And it's a little bit chaotic here, but it's nice having all these crazy little fur babies running around to kind of ease my mind. So it's been, it's been an interesting roller coaster. Um, if you know me, I love animals, so this is awesome to me. <laughs> but aside from that, there's not too much that I can share without oversharing for the moment. So, uh... You know, we'll keep this check-in pretty brief this week. Um, I'm also kind of delaying because this week's topic is my relationship to cannabis, which is something that I'm not ashamed of. I don't feel guilty about, but I feel like the world makes me feel like I should feel guilty about it. And it's something that I'm constantly battling with myself. And it's something that I had to experience with my family and that I have uh, made other people experience. So I'm very nervous to talk about this, but it's also one of the biggest reasons that I started speaking out more on my platforms about mental health because my journey was just so eye-opening and I just, I don't know if it could benefit anybody else the way that it has turned out to benefit me. Um, I'm going to advocate for it fully. And so it makes me nervous a little bit to kind of open this door today and let people into my little world because not a lot of people know my history with cannabis or drugs in general, whether pharmaceutical or not. And so I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable today and peel back some layers of my little onion self uh, to reveal them. And it's, it's a little bit scary. It's a little bit terrifying, but it's kind of what I've wanted all along since I've been, um, I guess we should say in recovery. Um, I've always wanted to share this experience because I thought it would help people and I thought it would help me honestly to just get it out somewhere. And the podcast was a perfect platform to do that because it was just me, uh, my thoughts, my listeners, you, It felt very personal and it felt very safe um, as opposed to any other outlet. You know, obviously I'm not going to do this on YouTube. I feel like it's just a lot. The climate is a lot different on different platforms, I will say. And probably the only other platform I would feel comfortable sharing this with would be Twitch because my community is so amazing and supportive. Um... But it's just not the same, you know, I wanted it to be in a structured format where I kind of could look back on it and, and I guess be proud of the way that things unfolded and record it in a way that is meaningful. 
Um, and for me, that it just made sense to do it in the podcast. So yeah, I'm going to keep <laughs> delaying. I should stop delaying. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my relationship to cannabis, I, I wanted to start a little bit further back in my history, I guess. And I think it's important because it's interesting to me how we are socialized to think about things and how we are socialized to think about, uh, healing and diagnosing people with mental mental illnesses right because that's kind of my whole thing is is I talk a lot about mental health and mental illness and and all that so I grew up in a family where cannabis was frowned upon uh we had you know I guess in a way adopted someone when I was younger into our family and this person and I, you know, got caught in high school, I think, smoking, I think it was a, I think it was a black and mild. It wasn't even weed. It was a black and mild, and I forgot how we had come upon it, but we were smoking it in the backyard, just being bad kids and being rebels, and at the time, my parents knew nothing about weed. They didn't even know what it smelled like. So they smelled this black and mild and instantly thought we were smoking weed and did the whole, you know, called the cops thing. And the cop came over and he had a stick out our tongue and said that when you smoke weed, you know, that your tongue turns green. So that's supposedly how they could tell that we smoked weed. Um, but we obviously didn't and we stuck to our story and we were like, no, we didn't. It's a, you know, whatever it was, we weren't smoking weed and it kind of traumatized me because obviously I knew that that's how seriously my parents felt about it. And I was in high school. I think I was a freshman in high school. I was only in ninth grade. So of course it terrified me. Uh, I didn't want the cops to come and arrest me. And I was just scared. Uh, but for some reason in my household, alcohol was more acceptable. Uh, not that my parents would let us drink all the time, but, you know, my mom's from Germany uh, and my dad is Hispanic. So not that it matters, but, you know, the drinking age in Germany is a lot lower. Uh, they can have or purchase beer in Germany at the age of 16. So my mom was socialized a lot differently and, you know, alcohol was a little bit more acceptable in her household. Uh, she started drinking at a younger age by 18, you know, she's able to go clubbing and, and drink and go out with her friends. And so it's just, I was raised in a very different atmosphere where alcohol was a little bit more the norm versus something like marijuana or, you know, any other kind of drugs. Um, my parents had never, have never tried psych uh, psychedelics. They've never smoked weed. Um, I'm pretty sure they've never even smoked a cigarette. I think my mom hit a cigarette one time and hated it. And my, my dad never even tried it. So my parents have like no history with drugs whatsoever. So here I am, their daughter. So, you know, smoking weed. Um, I started smoking cigarettes at a really young age uh, with the same person. Uh, wasn't necessarily her fault. It just we... We just fell into uh, into some bad habits, you know. So 
at the time, uh, weed wasn't even on my radar. I was honestly so scared. Uh, it's not like I had this conversation with my parents about why I should fear weed or what, you know, they thought it would do or, you know, we never even talked about it. They just called the cops over, kind of shamed me, said it was bad, don't do it again. And that was it. You know, we never really discussed it or I never had that kind of open communication with my family. Uh, And even if we did, you know, like I said, they didn't know anything about cannabis or drugs. So it's not like they were in a position to educate me or even be interested, uh, which I think is a, you know, something that I think I as a parent would like to have a conversation with my children about knowing that now, but you know, it was, they didn't know any better and it is what it is. I don't blame them for anything, but I, I just, I generally steered away from weed and I kind of believed all the stereotypes that people had about it, that people, you know, lost brain cells or whatever stupid, ridiculous, um, anti-cannabis campaigning they would do I completely fell for it you know the whole girl melting into the couch like at the time that was terrifying now that's what we strive for but at the time you know as a child it was terrifying so I got more used to alcohol than anything even when we went to parties people would offer me weed all the time and I was just like you know nah, I'll just drink uh and it kind of backfired because I ended up drinking a lot more and uh, my relationship to alcohol as a result got complicated so um, I didn't really I think I tried weed I maybe I want to say my sophomore year I waited about two years um, and I had smoked again and I had been drinking that night and so I think I, I I had done both and I got a little sick Um, I got the spins and I ended up uh, emptying my stomach contents (laughs) uh, that night and it didn't feel good. So that pushed me away from it even further. I mean, my point being, I just did not know what to expect. I was not educated. And so every experience that I had with cannabis um, up until a certain point was negative. I never had a good experience. I think I had a couple good experiences in my senior year. um, And that was when I started to, I think, get into it a little bit more. But up until that point, I just had these awful experiences. And so I had no interest in, in smoking, I would just rather drink and be, um, you know, stupid than just smoke. And it was just it was just a bad combination. It just didn't work for me. And so at some point, I believe it was, I believe it was sophomore year, uh, my group of friends had lost a few of our friends uh, to unfortunate circumstances, um, and they lost their lives. And at that time, we were grieving not one, not two, but three friends that had lost their lives. And it was an overall pretty rough time. And I think it has a lot to do with my trauma today, and where it kind of stems from. And in mourning that loss, I think everybody was looking for a way to kind of numb out 
everything that was happening. And that included, you know, an increase in the consumption of alcohol. And for me, it was uh, trying everything that I could, which included marijuana. And even then, I wasn't having great experiences. I was still smoking way too much. I didn't know my limit. Um, But at that point, I didn't care, right? I was so consumed with mourning and grieving and, you know, as a high school student who, you know, has to go through this not once, not twice, but three times was awful. And our friend group, you know, we just, we were all in pain. We were all struggling. We were all suffering. Um, It's not like we knew about mental health back then. Um, It wasn't as, as, big of a deal as it is today. Even for the younger generation, they hear the word mental health way more than we did when we were younger. And so it became a coping strategy to just kind of numb out. And I think that's when it, it really started accelerating. Um, but even then, like I said, I wasn't having the best experiences. There were days when I had the proverbial like, you know, total giggles and munchies awesome nights. We did have those scattered in there, but you know, a lot of those experiences were also really bad. And I think that this is the first time that I start trying to self-medicate, but I think the issue back then was that I was also using alcohol, which um, for me, it just never mixed well with my body. It just didn't relax me. So I think that with the combination of alcohol or cannabis with the combination of alcohol was just not useful for me. And so it kind of sent me into a spiral. And uh, I got into a lot of trouble. I mean, this is all side story that I'll save for another time. But essentially, I didn't really care for cannabis. And then... um, even in, in my other phase, I had other friends who smoked pretty heavily and just, yeah, I had never had any interest in it. I thought it made me, you know, would make me lazy and unproductive and, and gain weight. And like I said, all those stereotypes that you hear about, you know, stoners or whatever. So nothing had ever piqued my interest. I'd never had an experience that was good enough for me to be like, yeah, I could, I could do this all the time. And then I got into a relationship At the same time that I got into a relationship, I went to rehab, Um, initially for for alcohol and some other substances, Um, and I was dating someone at that time when I got out of rehab who was smoking weed, and so I was very conflicted in this point of my life. I, I need you to understand that I was coming out of rehab where it's been drilled into our brains that cannabis is a drug, even caffeine is a drug, everything is a drug, and you have to stay clean, and you have to stay sober from everything to maintain your sobriety, and you, you know, you have to, it was just, to me, and my experience, and my perspective, it was fear-mongering more than educating and supporting, um, like I said, it's, it's a whole different, it's a whole side story. But I was coming out with that mentality. And that's what I had been told for however long I was in there. 
so naturally, I, I was hesitant. And I knew that the person that I was in a relationship with at, the, at that time smoked. And the way that that person described it to me was it was helping them as well. Um, that person had a, a medical issue where the cannabis would induce appetite and therefore they would be allowed to eat or they would feel hungry to eat. Um, and they needed that appetite stimulation, right? Which makes sense. Looking back, you know, makes total sense. I, I can see how that might be helpful. Um, there was a medical reasoning for it, whatever. But I had just been told that it was so horrible and so awful. And so the whole time I was in a relationship with this person, which was almost three, four years, uh, we went back and forth and I was very anti-cannabis um, and they were very pro-cannabis. And so it was a very challenging three or four years and I spent more time arguing against cannabis than actually doing my research to learn about how it could be useful. So I was very stubborn. I was very prideful. I was uneducated. I had no desire to be educated. And I remember giving that person so much grief for smoking and using cannabis. And, you know, looking back, I feel awful about it. But I was, I was, it really comes back around to this misinformation and not being educated, not being informed, being misinformed, um, being, uh, you know, I guess being socialized to fear it and to not question anything about it. It just, it was such a bad combination. And this, I mean, I was in this relationship, but I think, uh, I don't know, around age 21 to around age 23, 24, something like that. I don't remember. So this whole time, you know, I still don't have this great relationship with cannabis. And uh, a lot of things transpired in life. And ultimately, what started to change my mind was uh, figuring out or being diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. It was the first formal diagnosis I had gotten that had been, uh, I had gotten a second opinion. So it had been verified by two people at that point. And it was during this time that I started to learn about myself and how I cope with my anxiety, what anxiety was, how it affected my life. And I mean, everything made sense, right? All the dots came together, all everything clicked, you know, all the puzzle pieces fit perfectly and, and everything made sense. It was that moment of like, deep breath, okay, I have a name for it. You know, I had been misdiagnosed with depression and all these other things um, that just didn't feel right. You know, I don't know if you know, actually, but for me... It was very obvious that something didn't feel right, but when I heard generalized anxiety disorder and I started to do my research, everything became clearer, and I realized that 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 was probably 
the best fit for what I was feeling. So finding that out was huge. Um, The first step was to diagnose me with pharmaceutical drugs. And I have nothing against pharmaceutical drugs. Please do not misunderstand me when I actively show my support for more holistic treatments. I do think that there is a place for these pharmaceutical drugs in the industry. Don't get me wrong. They they help, you know, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, they're, they do serve a purpose. For me and my experience with them, they weren't positive, and I think it has less to do with the actual drug than the people who are prescribing the drugs. And I think for me, that's the biggest issue is I was prescribed all these drugs and all of these different dosages, and they made me feel awful. And when I tried to bring it up to them, you know, it was always pushed aside, and I waited the, the recommended six weeks, you know, for your body to adjust, to start seeing changes, to level out, Um I was very patient in the process, but they made me feel awful, at least the ones that I was taking. And I thought there's got to be a better way, right? I, I mean, this is kind of what prompted my journey into psychology and really reinforced that. Um, I started to think there's got to be another way to do this. I hate how I feel. I feel like a zombie. Uh, I, you know, I can't be my best self if this is going to be my life. And so it really pushed me away from pharmaceuticals and I talked to my doctors and we got off everything and I still wasn't sure how I was going to deal with everything. So I went to therapy and I did the whole spiel. And to be honest, now that I think about it, I can't remember the moment that I kind of realized how this could be helpful. All I remember is I I started going to school for psychology. I was in therapy at the time and I was doing a lot of research about cannabis. And a lot of people were recommending CBD to me at the time. Um, And I was trying to, I think, I think at that time is when all the legislation was happening for the prop 215 stuff in California and uh, the whole medical marijuana, uh, what it was, was it the medical marijuana cards and everything, all of that was happening. And I remember being kind of involved in it and being interested in it and obviously being like, oh, they're trying to make it legal. I wonder why, I wonder how, blah, blah, blah. I'm starting college, you know, I'm starting my psychology program. I'm starting to get interested. How can this be useful? Why are we, you know, why are we voting on this? What What is the argument for marijuana? And um, I remember doing my research and asking and talking to my parents and saying, hey, I really hate these pharmaceutical drugs. I need to find something else. Uh, If cannabis is going to be legal, I don't see why I can't go, uh, you know, talk to a doctor, see if I qualify, see if I can get my medical marijuana license and try it as an alternative. You know, it's they were advertising it as being healthier than pharmaceuticals, less addictive, all this crap. Right. And at that point, I was desperate. I was really desperate. Uh, I needed anything to take the... I mean, my generalized anxiety disorder is pretty pretty moderate. Uh, I I needed something, right? And I, and 
I just had gone through so much in my life that I I needed some tools. I needed some tools, basically. I needed something to to help a little bit. I was suffering with insomnia too and and PTSD and you know there was just a lot going on. So I needed something that felt right for me. So all this legislation was happening. I'm doing my research and bringing it up to my parents and we're probably going back and forth for like a year. I mean, they were so resistant even up until the day that I went to go get my card. Um but my mom did end up going with me. I convinced her. I said, "Hey, if you're if you're this concerned, come with me. You know, we'll do this together. You can see what the place is like. You can see what the process is like and that way maybe you'll feel more comfortable about it." Uh and so she, I, I remember she went with me to get my first medical marijuana cannabis card. I talked to the doctor. I told him my symptoms. You know, we did the whole health background check and everything. And uh, he basically gave me the card and said, you know, I think you would benefit. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grant you uh, the card or whatever. I don't know. I don't remember what the process was. It was, you know... I have anxiety. It went by so fast in my brain. It was just a blur. So I started experimenting and it was pretty much game over after that, after doing my research, because that doctor ended up giving me a packet and that packet is ultimately what taught me about marijuana. Um, I found out that there was sativas. I found out that there were indicas. I found out that indicas were better for anxiety um, I found out that you should keep a journal, you should log your strains, you should, um, you know, log how many hits you take or how much you ingest and how you feel after it. And it was just very procedural. It felt less like I was doing something wrong and more like I was being proactive about my mental health and uh, my dosage and my medication. And let me just sidestep real quick, because that is so important is I felt in control at that point, right? The doctor gave me my recommendation, said, here, this is how you go about it, but ultimately it's going to be up to you to decide your dosage and where you're comfortable, right? You're, you're in control. I liked that level of control. I did not like going to my psychiatrist and getting a dosage that I had no idea about and asking questions and being told, no, we can't adjust it. I think this is a good level for you or, you know, this is normal. This is what it's supposed to feel like. You just need to adjust to it better. And having no control in that situation really pushed me into cannabis. And I loved that control. I loved that I could pick the strains and I could pick how much I wanted to ingest. And you know, I was just responsible for my state of being. And that played such a huge role in why I ultimately decided to continue using cannabis. So going back, I ended up getting my recommendation and I and I start smoking recreational or, you know, at the time, I don't know if it was recreational at the time, I started smoking as a patient, and then recreationally. Um, and it was a whole journey. I mean, from that point forward, I think I had found friends who also consumed cannabis. And obviously, I was very, like, cannabis-driven at that time. Um, and like I said, I was starting college. So I was doing a lot of research. I was in that mind frame of, like, learning and um, expanding and evolving and growing as a human being. And everything just fit together very nicely, right? I'm 
in therapy at the time. So my doctor was on board. My therapist was on board. My parents were on board. Um, For the first time in my life, everything was kind of flowing. And what I found and what is important for me to this day was that when I cut out the alcohol, when I cut out all the other crap and I just focused on the cannabis and I found the strains that worked for me and I started to experiment and be more confident um, that I was doing something better for my body, I started to have better experiences. And once I figured out that I liked, you know, certain strains of indica, I started to journal my effects afterwards. And when I would be super anxious, cannabis was the only thing that, and I I always explain this to other people the same way. When you have anxiety, it's like a cluster fuck in your head, right? Like, like static, like static, like the salt and pepper static on a television that isn't working, going on in your brain constantly. And through that static, you can just hear negativity. I mean, this is my experience. I apologize. This is totally my experience. This is how I verbalize my anxiety, right? So I've got this salt and pepper like static going on in my brain. And through the static, all that comes through is negativity. It's like, you're not good enough. And And all this negativity comes from my trauma and my PTSD in my life and and my experiences, right? So I tend to be very negative in my anxiety. My anxiety tells me that I'm not good enough, that I need to be perfect, and that nothing is ever perfect. And, um, you know, I just need to try harder um, to achieve perfection. That's what my anxiety tells me. When I consume cannabis, everything kind of turns down everything shuts off it's like turning off the tv so like you're being bombarded with all the static and negative messages and then someone just comes and switches the off button on the tv and my whole body relaxes and if you didn't know generalized anxiety disorder anxiety in general uh is characterized by tension usually like in your shoulders your chest because when you're anxious you're in fight or fight or flight mode so your whole body tenses up and sometimes you hold that tension you you grind your teeth. Um, I don't know. Sometimes some people's hands get tense, you know, whatever it is for, for those people. For me, it's my shoulders, it's my back, it's my chest, and I do grind my teeth as well. When I consumed cannabis, my whole body was able to kind of get a break from that tension because for me at that point, I'm, what, 25 years old? And I had lived my whole life with this tension and anxiety in my body, And once I singled out the cannabis and it was only consuming that without the alcohol, without the other substances, I was able to actually feel the calming effects of it. And once I had found found my strain in my dosage, my whole body would just be relaxed. And that's what I was going for, you know, without having to take a Norco or an opiate or, you know, something that my body didn't react well to. And cannabis offered me that, that relief from that constant anxiety and that constant tension in my body. So naturally, you can see why I'm just, I'm very passionate about it. And like I said, I was in college at the time. So not only was I juggling, you know, starting to use cannabis, I was also starting my bachelor or my associate's degree. Um, 
I was going to school, you know, I, I think I was working two jobs at the time. I was trying to convince my parents that I wasn't a lazy stoner failure daughter um, and trying to change their mind on cannabis. It took a long time. Like when I say it took a lot of convincing, it took a lot of convincing um, to get my parents on board even after I, I started consuming and they saw the, the, the shift in my demeanor, in my attitude, in my affect. Um, it still took a lot of time to get them on board. And so all this stuff was happening at the same time. And I was posting more on social media about my cannabis use. And the irony is that everyone around me was probably looking at me like, oh, wow, she's, you know, smoking weed now. And she's such a mess. And she's going to school. What is she doing? Blah, blah. I'm sure it looked like, but for me, it was so, it was such a beautiful time because I was able to appreciate my time in school. I was anxious, but I was getting it done. You know what I mean? That was the key difference is I wasn't anxious and paralyzed into an inaction. I was anxious, but I was going to school. I was going to anxiety group sessions at, you know, my psychology center on campus. I was literally learning about mental disorders and different forms of treatments and, you know, broadening my knowledge. And at that time, there was already some studies about cannabis and, and its usefulness for things like PTSD and chronic pain. And so these scholarly articles were already coming out. And so it was just, you know, I was just backing up all this evidence in my, in my, uh, in my field, whatever, my, my corner, I was backing all this evidence at that time. And I was just, I was flourishing. I was thriving. I was so excited. You know, I was helping, I was getting things done. Um, I was stressed and I was crying and having breakdowns during midterms and finals, but I was getting through it. Right. That was the point is I was, I was getting through it finally in a somewhat healthy way. And I was able to have a normal college experience despite freaking COVID-19 or whatever. I was able to have a fairly normal college experience. So I started posting more on social media about my cannabis use at the time and um, being a little bit more vocal about how it had helped me and the kind of differences that I had seen. I was obviously feeling a lot more confident and I was starting to feel more like myself, like my my true self was finally beginning to emerge and people were starting to see the type of person that I was and I wasn't having to be fake or be somebody that I wasn't or put on, you know, a brave smile or fake it till I make it. I was genuinely happy and flourishing and thriving. And I, at that time, you know, was getting a lot of questions too. A lot of people were asking me about my experience and what had changed. And I was, you know, getting asked about just so many things, you know, cannabis just has such a, a stigma attached to it. And I definitely got those, you know, I lost a lot of friends. I lost a lot of followers. I lost a lot of uh, family, you know, that just couldn't see eye to eye with me, which I understand because that was me at one point before I had done all my research and gone through everything that I had gone through. And that's pretty much, I mean, I, I ended up graduating with my bachelor's. I have been a cannabis connoisseur since I pretty much started. It got me through school. Um, to this day, I 
still consume cannabis on a regular basis. It's pretty difficult um, finding certain jobs because of it. So it's it's interesting to see how uh, the legal system and, you know, technically I'm a legal patient, but jobs reserve the right to drug test and determine, you know, it's just, it's a whole thing. So finding work is a little bit difficult, but that's why I'm going to continue on to get my doctorate so that I can be more educated and have that backing to be able to educate people. I think that's the goal here is to just educate people um, and their different experiences. And with all that being said, I, I want to stress, 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 stress that I'm very, very, very hyper aware of the negative side of it. Like I said, I've gone to school. I've done my research. I know that um, cannabis can actually activate symptoms of schizophrenia in uh, in people, you know, who smoke. Uh, it It can cause psychosis, hallucinations. It can induce paranoia. I I totally understand that. And just like any other drug, there are going to be people who react to it well, and there are going to be, be people who react to it not so well. And the same goes for, you know, the drugs that I was taking, the pharmaceutical drugs that I was taking. They made me feel disconnected and like a zombie. And I knew that those weren't the right thing for me. Uh, they didn't work with my chemistry well. And I think the same goes for cannabis. It's not going to work for everyone. And I think that's so important to stress and to say, you know, it's okay. It's not going to work for everybody. And if it doesn't work for you, that's okay because something else will. I just want to stress that. I don't believe that everyone needs to try cannabis, that cannabis is the cure-all, end-all of anything. I'm not one of those people who will say everyone needs to try cannabis, everyone should just be high. I don't agree. I don't think it's for everyone. I think we should respect people's decisions to explore it, depending on their situation. And I think it should be monitored because like I said, you know, if it induces psychosis, it's important to know your history. It's important to know your genetics and family history wherever possible. I know that that's not always possible, but whenever possible, it's very important to be aware of those things, you know, before you start to smoke. And that, again, comes back to education, educating people about the benefits and educating people about the dangers, but most importantly, educating people because I was not educated properly. And I don't think that we've had proper education about it. And I'm so happy that more things are coming out. Like University of Riverside in California has an entire cannabis program now. They go through cultivation, uh, uh, chemistry, um, basically how to to cure and prep it and different ways that you can ingest it. Like they have an entire course. It's a cannabis studies program where they're just trying to get as much information as they can and doing research And it's so important. And I love that. And I love that. I love that we're doing that now. But so many people are still so misinformed. And it just, it makes me so sad. (laughs) And I wish that, you know, I'm just going to continue advocating for it and pushing for it, saying what I can about it, sharing my experience. But it really has changed my life. And today, like today, right now, my relationship with cannabis is a lot less important than I thought it would be. Uh, 
about a little over, oh, we're, we're coming up on, on almost a month and a half now. So a month and a half ago, I, I quit smoking cigarettes. I'm very proud of myself. I still consume cannabis, but you would be surprised. I don't consume a lot. I don't go to work um, high. I don't do anything important while I'm smoking. I don't, you know, smoke in my car while I'm driving. I don't do anything crazy like that. Like I have my little pen cartridge that I hit while I'm at home. I, you know, consume in my house around safe people. I'm very cautious. I take it very seriously. I don't like to abuse it. Um, I'm very mindful of how and when I consume and how much I consume. I know how much, how high my tolerance is now. So I feel like I've kind of worked out the kinks. And it's funny because some days I'll go without smoking and and just kind of laugh and be like, wow, you know, I I haven't smoked all day today. You know, I'm, I'm proud of myself. I made it through my anxiety-filled day without smoking. And through smoking, I've been able to do things like yoga. I've been able to calm my mind enough to sit down, do yoga, do deep breathing exercises, to make more time to check in with myself, to just slow down from the chaos that is anxiety and see my situation in a new light and be able to do things to try and help myself. And honestly, as silly as it sounds, cannabis has brought me that. I've had a, you know, luckily, like I said, I've, I've been really careful about my journey and I've had my doctor in on it and my therapist and my family and my friends. So it was really easy for me to, to feel comfortable about exploring where my, my limitations were. So if I, you know, if you're going to do it, do it responsibly. Um, and if you don't do it, you know, that's fine too. You don't, you don't need it. It just, it's what's, what worked for me. And I just use it as a tool now. I think the most beneficial time for me to use cannabis is at night when I am going to bed. I have insomnia. Uh, My anxiety keeps me up with crazy thoughts in the middle of the night. And like I said, smoking, you know, shuts off the TV static and gives me a moment to breathe. So bedtime is always uh, smoking time for me. During the day, I will I will smoke. It just depends. You know, if I'm having a lazy day, I'm just watching some Netflix or whatever, I will, I will smoke. I will chill. I'll hang out. If I have a lot to do, I typically don't tend to smoke. And if I do, it's like a quick little hit just to ease the nerves and calm the shakes a little bit, which works out fine. And then during a panic attack, obviously, is probably when it's the most beneficial. And this just happened recently. I had a panic attack and my partner was there and they had never seen me have a panic attack before. So I think it kind of shed light on, I've never had somebody with me like that during a panic attack. So for my partner to be there and witness it kind of gave me a different perspective on the situation as well. So it was interesting to see like how panicked and anxious I was during my panic attack I don't think I had been smoking at all that day. And so my anxiety was a little high and there was a lot going on that day. Like I, I've been very busy. I've been very overwhelmed. My schedule has been super packed. So my emotions got the best of me. I haven't, you know, been the best at taking care of my mental health, especially when I'm super busy. I am human. 
I make mistakes. I fall behind. I get behind just like everybody else. Um, and that day, everything had caught up to me. I had a, a bit of a panic attack, a bit of a breakdown. And I smoked. And my partner, I think, literally asked me, like, or said something about the actual difference between when I was in that elevated state to when I was just completely brought down and calmed and kind of reset my nervous system. Like the the effects that it has for me and my body are so beneficial that the the pros outweigh the cons for me in my situation. So it's it's been a journey. I'm still on this journey. Uh, I, I smoke a lot less uh, flour now. You know, there's different methods of consumption. I have a little pen now, my Steezy pen, my Steezy cartridge that has oil in it. That's pretty much my go-to. It's quick. It's easy. It's a little bit of a smaller dosage. Um, I know my tolerance pretty well, so I don't tend to oversmoke on them, and I know exactly where my sweet spot is. So I've really, I mean, cannabis is a huge part of my life. I like to say it got me through college, you know, and a lot of people will probably think I'm dramatic, but I genuinely, I genuinely don't think I would have gotten through those darkest times in college and all that stress without without using cannabis as opposed to anything else like pharmaceutical drugs or you know other methods of coping it was just what worked best for me and I'm so thankful that I'm where I'm at today and for this plant and yeah I just I appreciate anyone's perspective on anything you know it's just that's my experience. That's where my opinions come from. That's why I think the way that I think and I say what I say. And I don't know. It's just I get asked about it a lot, you know, and especially in my career of choice, psychology and going to get my doctorate and working with people. I, I do get asked a lot about my relationship to cannabis and how it kind of fits into all that, because I think people are under the impression that I can't be successful and do those things while I'm also consuming cannabis. And I just want to break that stereotype. I mean, I'm not the first. It's not like I'm doing groundbreaking work here. Trust me. I'm very aware that other people have already paved this way. There are very successful people who openly admit that they smoke cannabis. I get it. Um, I'm so happy for them that they paved the way for me to even be able to talk about it and kind of and put my foot down. But the reality is that there's still a lot of things that we need to work out in terms of uh, professionalism and consuming cannabis while while being a professional and how to navigate, you know, all of this. I still face a lot of setbacks because I smoke cannabis um, and I want to change that. I, I don't want there to be, you know, if people can go get hammered after work and uh, drink a bunch of alcohol, that's helping them cope in an unhealthy way, then why can't I consume a little bit of cannabis if it helps me cope in a more healthy way than, you know, the alternative? So I'm, I'm going to continue to advocate for it. I just want to continue to keep moving that conversation forward and educating people and being an open book about my experience in the hopes of achieving, you know, more equality for cannabis in this, in this playing field. So... All that to kind of just give you, I mean, that was a really brief run through of, of 
kind of where I'm at in my experience with cannabis. If you have any questions, please reach out. Um, I, I love to talk about this because I, I'm so passionate about it. So any questions you have or anything, feel free to, you know, write me a message, DM me, whatever, whatever you have to do to reach out, you know, email me. I don't freaking care. I'm more than happy to answer them. I am more than happy to share my experiences. If you want to know about anything else, I'm an open book. I just want to slowly break the barrier here, but um, I'm just a happy, happy stoner gal with big dreams and I'm trying to accomplish all my goals like everyone else and, you know, I'm figuring out life and everything simultaneously at the same time as you are, so I don't have all the answers. Uh, maybe I'm completely wrong and I regret everything in 50 years, but this is where I'm at today. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. For me, it is a Sunday. It is typically when I record these podcasts, so... I don't have work today. I'm just going to be streaming later on tonight. I will definitely be enjoying some cannabis with, you know, a little bit later. So uh, I hope that me sharing at least, I don't know, broadened your perspective a little bit or made you question things a little bit or gave you insight into why I am the way I am or why I advocate for it so hard. And if not, then, you know, if you listen to it, I appreciate it for even giving me a chance. And if you don't agree, I totally respect your decision. I'm not telling you how to feel about cannabis or I'm not trying to change your mind about it or anything like that. I'm just sharing my experience and my relationship with it and where I'm at with it. And I'm just being open about my journey. So if you made it this far, I appreciate it. You know, it's not a topic that everybody is interested in or wants to hear about. Like I said, I've been there. I've been that person before, so I totally understand. And yeah, just reach out. I'll be back next week for another episode. Not quite sure what next week's episode is going to be on quite yet. We're still going to work that out, so I guess it'll be a surprise at this point until we get a better schedule going and I'm working a little bit more in the future um, and, I, and I get more feedback about what it is you guys want to hear about, I guess. So until then, I'm just going to wing it. So next week's a surprise. Thank you for popping in. Send any questions you have to me. It's been a pleasure. Um, seconds, minutes, hours that you spend uh, listening to me, hanging out with me. I always appreciate it so much. Any feedback that you have or perspectives that you'd like to share, please please reach out and share them with me. It's like the whole reason that I'm doing this is to connect with people and get different perspectives and different points of view. Um, I thrive off of it. So please reach out, share your stories, and we'll catch up next week. Stay high, be safe, and I'll talk to you soon.